Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Folks, it's V the Grill Economist coming to you live on this edition of The Outer Limits. We have Jet Blake with us, and you can find Jet over in the Discord. He's lurking there. You, in order to get to the Discord, you just want to email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com, CJ at roguenews.com. And also, <clears throat> one of the things uh, that I want to say as well is that uh, CJ is out with a doctor's appointment, so I'll be running the uh, the broadcast. So cross your fingers that I don't do nothing stupid. <laughs> and with that being said, Jet, Jet is back with us. And Jet, you left us in a cliffhanger. You left us last week in a cliffhanger. We're talking, we're talking about certain types of bacterium that are that are found their way to many parts of the world, especially in North America. And these things were almost like an immune, immunological response to people that have been jibby jabbed, that have gotten the jab. And uh, that's where we left off. Today, you're going to continue on that, and you got also some more information to add on to what is happening. So without further ado, Jet Blake, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, pretty good. Pretty good. We had uh, a cold front come down, a uh, a brief version of a polar vortex that we're supposed to get. Yeah. Excuse me. One to three inches of snow coming up Wednesday. Uh, between now and Wednesday, and that's uh, <clears throat> let me get a drink here. Mm-hmm. The the radical weather patterns where the uh, polar vortex and jet stream being uh, manipulated, they've had that for many, many decades, and that's definitely an effective tool. You remember when um. Last year, Texas got a spanking, and it got to single oh, digits. Yeah. And their uh, wind and solar power didn't save them. And many Texas houses, no. which are not insulated for that type of cold, many Texans were freezing to death, man. Yeah, exactly, because the, the infrastructure of Texas isn't set up for such brutal cold weather. You get northern United States and Canada, of course, yep. the building codes and... Um, are used to those temperatures, but not that far south. But they they can abs- absolutely steer uh, single digits easily uh, if they wanted to, even down to Miami. So the uh, weather uh, manipulation of weather is a 
fantastic tool. And I, there could be a whole, oh, I'd say one to two episodes easily dedicated to HARP, which was uh, a, a technology, the high frequency active auroral research project yep. that was developed in uh, Alaska, uh, Gakona, Alaska, where there's 4,500 acres involved. That's an interesting story. I can bring a few points about that in, in today's discussion because it ties into last week. The, the problem that we're facing in, in, in a scientific community is the, the technology is so advanced now. There are multiple agendas and multiple programs that are very effective and are really yeah. next level. Hmm. It's it would be a full-time job and a very difficult job at that full-time job from a scientific standpoint to keep up with the different technologies and where they're headed. Hmm. Any any one technology, and there's hundreds, but any one is so advanced now with its ability to control the earth or control human consciousness to engineer bacterium viruses to control or alter dna yeah it's off it's off the chart so yeah. if you have the comedic shows like dr evil of the austin power series where there's a that, that comedic spoof of wanting global dominance in, in reality there are multiple ways to have global dominance what frightens me yeah is the tendency, why, why is there, this is maybe a rhetorical question, but why is there always a tendency when there's a technology that's discovered, it only takes a matter of months when they tinker with a discovery and then it starts to get highly funded and they look for ways to take that technology and it's always geared towards weaponizing it. Mm. It's, it's, it's never geared towards zero emissions or greater energy capacity or sure. greater abilities for health purposes or refrigeration, cooking, preserving. It's anytime there's a, a new discovery within months, money comes along and then they say, well, how can we take this technology and use it to weaponize, mm -hmm. <laughs> destroy life or control yeah. life or blow up a planet? Or steer an asteroid, and it's like, good God! And then it's an endless budget because you have hundreds of billions of dollars per year uh, that, that fund this. So I always question what kind of force or what's out there that always steers br bright minds, steers scientists, steers government programs, steers funding. Where it's always there's always a dark side. How come it can never? How come there's never hundreds of billions of dollars going towards the light, the good side, uh, the advanced technologies given freely to humanity to where they can uh, have less anxiety in life? It, it never seems well. It's, humans it's having le less anxiety in life means they'd be healthier, and we all know anxiety leads to disease, and uh, yeah. disease is profitable. Right. And then uh, 
there's there's a mindset at, at the very top where humans the the mindset at the top is humans tend to be a parasite they tend to view humans as I hate to use the word cockroaches because they serve a role. It's probably not fair to a cockroach, but they, when they, when they use terminologies that useless eaters or humans are cockroaches and infestation, there's too many humans. It's ruining the earth and a lower population is absolutely crucial. That mindset is always that humans are an enemy and they need to be exterminated, <clears throat> like a, a pest, a nuisance. So that's very personal. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, the biggest problem here is this. When you look at over the course of many decades, you've had a lot of weak, pathetic, evil men uh, achieve various levels of influence and power within the hierarchy of, 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 of leadership. And then if, if any sort of scientific advancement doesn't, you know, uh, cater to their Malthusian worldview, then it's just not going to get funded. You know, so the, so the, the, the science is reflective of where the grant money is. Science is reflective of where, um, you know, what's going to get funded versus what's not. So anything that is biased, whether it's reality or it's not reality, uh, as long as it's evil, as long as it's disastrous and, 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 and causes... Uh, some sort of, uh, you know, it's anti-human and pro, quote-unquote, Earth-friendly, then it's going to get funded. Because that's that's the satanic leadership we have today, Chad. Right. And I think the, uh, I agree with that. Absolutely, I agree with that. I, I experienced that firsthand, where we've been absolutely crushed and defunded. And then, you can only go so long on a shoestring budget. So we, yeah. through, th through attrition, they've choked us out. We're, we're an extreme minority and, and we haven't been funded. So funding will completely dry up in the next two to four years. So they don't have to, they don't have to get violent or send, you know, the black SUV with tinted windows to take care of us. We just wither on the vine because the yeah. resources dry up and then they know we end up being tumbleweed blown hither and thither. So they're, they're successful without having to be, violent per se so i can see how, how that works my other concern <clears throat> let me ask you this you might know or the listening audience if people are typing in which I, I can't see that part but um if let's say hypothetical let's say in technologies what, what if we came up with a way that we kind of found a a version of a fountain of youth. So let's say we were successful in understanding water and um, restructuring, working with the water molecule, and it had phenomenal attributes uh, where it stimulate, stimulated plant growth. Let's say there were health benefits just in general, hydrating the body, uh, transporting of vitamin and mineral supplements, uh, re reducing... Uh, clogged arteries, improving blood flow, and uh, all, all by natural physics. Even if, if you came up with something like that, the, the human society's condition, first of all, they'll be skeptical. Oh, that snake oil salesman, 
it's it's not true or if it were true it'd be fda approved or we would have heard about it in a medical journal you could not convince the the vast bulk the majority of humans that there was a, a breakthrough because unless they see it on tv or it came from some major university or it was in a publication or a government agency announced it to them it's hogwash it's so even if you make a remarkable discovery. They have human society condition that 99% of humanity will reject it and scoff. And even if he said, no, no, this is legit. This is honest, legit. Here's how it works. Here's some of the results. You'd be booed off stage. So they're so successful that even when there are discoveries, which have taken place, by the way, to the listening audience, phenomenal discoveries have been taking place. It's already rejected by human society. It'll never see the day of light. That's a fact without getting in any specifics. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Uh, I've been grappling with what, what's this all about. I think the only solace that I have is when these discoveries, which have been made uh, in real time and we see it, all we know is it's going to be archived and it was put into the human consciousness and maybe some future human society will find the archive data that we have or the fact that it's put in the human consciousness, it'll be rediscovered with a different human society. And then that society will benefit today's society. Absolutely impossible to get the word out and have current human society benefit from any of these discoveries. It's, it's not possible, which is a shame. So it means all the work that we've done, is not meant for current society. It'll have to be some future human society in whatever form it survives. Then they might be able to use these discoveries and go, oh, you know what? They discovered this about 110 years ago. A group in the 2000s discovered this. How come they didn't? I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't used back then. But we're going to use it now. This is ingenious. There were some bright people back then. I don't know why. they. Well, yeah, I do. I was here when it happened. I can tell you why it never got any so that's just amazing how they've conditioned society to reject any potential breakthrough and they have almost complete mind control over society it, <laughs> i shake my head v every day in the lab i go there and i go i don't even why, why i'm doing this why even go to the lab we have these discoveries and what we have so far people don't believe they scoff and, and, it, and it can never get traction so so why discover anything additional when what we've already discovered can't get traction it goes nowhere it'll go on record yeah when someone will find this in archives in the future yeah it'll be like oh this this you know these now, uh, right you, you know in, in terms of scientific discovery we know that anything beneficial whether it's like creating some sort of a hydrogen type uh fuel cell vehicle that gets 100 miles per gallon to life-saving uh, treatments and therapies and modalities will never be used so long as the current power structure rules on this earth, uh, definitely without a doubt. Jet, shifting gears, what you left off, now you have with us, you're sharing a screen about this analog signal. You touched base on analog and digital. Mm -hmm. You touched base last week on that. And I believe we left off on that and the correlation to the killing or the um, this whole uh, uh, ecological 
immune type response to the people that have been vaccinated. Based on those two things and what you have up on screen right now, what is this? What are we looking at? What is the and, and we know the digital side of signaling. And you've, you know, over the past couple of broadcasts, you've, you know, broadcasted us sounds from Saturn, sounds from the sun. Yes. How does this all relate, Chet? Well, uh, what we're seeing, and are you able to see my cursor move on yeah. the screen? Okay. Absolutely. On on a digital signal, they have uh, these squared off 90 degree waveforms. And uh, in this example here, it looks like a bunch of uh, downtown high-rise office buildings, these 90-degree right. square. What we're coming to understand is they're changing society, um, humans, plants, and animals, to respond to digital waveforms. That's not natural. That's artificial. Natural is up here analog. So see how you have this nice, smooth sinusoidal wave with your peaks and your troughs. This, this is how nature sends electromagnetic energy. It's, this is how frequencies are sent, and this is how data is, is sent. You can send data. We have it all the time in, in digital. But here's the problem. Digital, when you have these flat tops, so these flat peaks, a 90-degree drop, then a flat trough, a 90-degree return, energy doesn't flow, and energy cannot make 90-degree turns like this, especially energy that has data attached to it from counter space. Counter space uses analog, and when it's able to go from a peak to a trough, there isn't any energy loss. But what, what we're finding is, if you look at the, the very top arch of the peak here, this top here, or if it's a trough, this, this bottom here, that would be like taking this digital signal. Here it's flat. And, and building a dome on top. If I put a dome on top here, I've gotten rid of that 90 degree angle and I have a curve, or if I, down here, I put a valley in here and I put a curve, concave, convex curve, and got rid of these 90 degree, I've turned a digital back into an analog. These curves at the trough and peak they're the part of the signal that carries emotion. Emotions, love, um, kindness, joy, uh, positive uh, emotions emanate from counter space. So this this would be an area where the say the divine or God would dwell. Positive emotions are this curved part of the electromagnetic wave. When you have digital, it's void of that curve at the top or bottom. That means a digital waveform is emotionless. It's sterile. 
there's no emotion. Part of the human experience is the fact that we have a design with our DNA to exhibit and respond to emotion. If you take emotion away, which is what the digital Silicon Valley, this digital world that they're pushing us towards, this transhumanism, virtual reality world, it's emotionless. You cannot have emotion when you have a square wavelength. So if they take us from analog, they take us away from this sinusoidal natural curve, which contains emotions, which come from counter space, which is the true human experience, we become robotic, emotionless, robotic. We're no longer human in the digital world, in the, in the digital waveform. Well, I think what they've done is they found, they started in steps with television, telling a vision with digital transmission of sight, visual stimuli, and then the advancements of computers and smart devices. They've gotten humans conditioned to respond to digital signaling. And kind of an emotionless signal, which is the first part of a zombie type state which you would have to do if you're going to take humans that are connected to counter space, connected to a divine that is full of emotion and flatline it into an emotionless, robotic humanoid. And we're probably two thirds into that journey. And I think the pharmaceutical injections, which uh, have technologies to alter the DNA, is one of the last phases of completing an agenda of dehumanizing, getting us disconnected from nature, which also would mean disconnecting us from, from a God or divine where emotions stem from. And it's primarily the positive emotions, love, joy, kindness, gratitude, so forth. And get us flatlined into emotionless zombie where we simply operate mechanically, void of emotion. So what you have, is, I don't want to get into, this gets into social politics. Maybe if I, I'm already. No, get into it because it is exactly what's happening, man. This is exactly yeah. what's happening in, in society. You have a bunch of, look, look look at the Gen Z kids. Look at the early millennials. They're so inundated with their quote unquote digital self and their digital lifestyle that they are having very weird uh, 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 behavioral issues as human beings. Think about it. In terms of emotions, they're on and off, right? They're either yes. one or zero. They're either happy or they're freaking out. It's extremely weird. So, yeah, please right. tie into so, that. Well, at uh, my age, a little bit older older than you, but I would say it's it's really bizarre. People in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, for the most part. I'm not picking on anyone 80. They go all the way up 80s and so forth. But the, the generations in the in the mid-40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, some of us, I think you're included in this group, maybe a large portion of Rogue News listeners, because they're a unique people to gravitate to this platform in the first place. They tend to be more aware and trying to figure out what, what's going on. We look at society and we're like, wow, it, it has really changed. There's a huge disconnect. It's not like the 70s, 80s, or 90s anymore. Well, that's because they're successful. They're, they're at least two-thirds 
or three-fifths in completing this agenda because they, they, they've been able to get the younger generations absolutely completely bonkers and confused as to what gender, different genders, different definitions, pronouns, uh, rainbow-colored hair or unisex clothing. And that's because they're all well on their way to being completely digital and detached from human. But you have family breakdown where you don't have the the cohesion of a mother, father, and children, and uh, eating together, conversing together as a family, going on vacations together, uh, participating in arts and crafts together, uh, participating in sorrow together, if, if it's a, a funeral, a death of a loved one. So they've broken apart the family. There is bizarre uh, sexual appetite, sexual relations that have deviated from the thousands of years of what you'd say norm. So everything has changed uh, the view of life. Uh, you know, it's my body, my, my choice as far as abortion. There's all these different thinking processes that are very sterile now, very digital and machine-like. No longer is, is it the ebb and flow of human emotion, which the family unit for thousands of years had a, a family unit had emotion and it had spirituality, cohesion. Now it's, it's very sterile where there's no family. Regard of life is basically non-existent. You, you can destroy a life, whether it's in rioting or snuffing out life during its development and then have no thoughts about it and go get a milkshake right afterwards and not think that a life was terminated or destroyed uh, due, due to chaos. It's, it's, it's amazing where mankind has, is being and how quickly it's reached a state. And now that they're changing uh, uh, genetics and then their advancements of telecommunication and the electromagnetic signaling, they're not too far off. They're going to be 100% complete easily in less than 10 years with this agenda. That's why kind of a, as emergency broadcast, I, I don't know how effective it is. It's probably not very effective, but I still, I think in my gut, I still feel at least stating potential possibilities is maybe part of my duty as a human. I don't want to later be tagged that I knew some information and why didn't I become vocal? I don't necessarily want to have that conversation at a higher level. So I thought, okay, I'm not at, at, at all not very popular. And it's not me personally. Hardly anyone knows me personally. But I think the message and material that I talk about creates anxiety. But it's, it's truthful in exposing what the agenda is. And I think people would rather only engage in fluffy topics, you know, talk about cars and sports and lighter topics because the the anxiety that truth if you're hitting truth head on it's not really fun not today not where they're staring humanity but i think someone's got to set up to the plate and so to speak be the bad guy so i guess that's my role right now presenting this information but um i've been championing vocally lately at least the past seven years as we've got more information in the scientific community, that it's going to be almost darn near impossible. The fight of a lifetime to remain organic 
to remain human and remain uh, analog, having emotions and not being turned into a transhuman. So I think this is the battle of a lifetime to remain or, organic and to do so, we're gonna be viewed as domestic terrorists, outcasts, weirdos, probably legally unfit to be parents. So they'll try to take children away from you, depending if they're younger, only because you want to grow your own food, have chickens and goats and understand nature and not wanna be digitized with a central bank digital currency or have a social score and a government controlled uh, internet and, and a corporate structure. If you do not abide or want any part of that reality, then you'll be demonized, terminated, uh, punished to the limit, maybe have children taken from you only, only because you want, want to be what? Connected to nature and kind of off grid, uh, so to speak, low carbon signature, more sustainable. No, now you'll be the bad guy and you'll be an enemy with the uh, uh, Department of Defense or Homeland Security. It's absurd. So the battle is definitely afoot. It's well on its way. And I don't know, successfully, I haven't developed a formula yet. I don't know what it's going to take to remain or organic. I don't have all the answers. Uh, that's part of, I think, discord. And hopefully there was open dialogue. I, I think discord, unfortunately, kind of ends up in sniping. People snipe towards one another and they find fault and they want to... Uh, sniper people instead of getting along and trying to find common ground uh they're quick to be offended and uh, and bring up personal characteristics which which is unfortunate there's you want to try to have a platform where you can share ideas and build community because i think having the uh, small communities with skill sets in these communities if you if you can have a nurse and a doctor an electrician and a carpenter and a, and a, a mechanic and someone who's uh, a, a good cook, animal husbandry, a gardener, you, you, you need these pools of community. It's going to be impossible to survive by yourself. I, I never thought that having a well-secured bunker with guns and bullets and seven years of uh, freeze-dried food, that that's the way to, to survive. I think it needs to be a family-backed community where you've got each other's back. But th that's old school thinking that that developed, obviously, that was around in the 1800s. And when the Great Depression hit in 1929, you you had. This is close, it's not 100 percent accurate, but you might know close to 80 percent were rural. So when the economy kind of went kaputs in the 1920, a lot of people, they didn't rely on grocery stores or supply chains. They were self-sufficient on the farm. So hard times, absolutely, but survivable. Yeah, they made it. Now it's probably less than 7%, less than 5% that have farms are self-sufficient. So now when things uh, are interrupted, the electrical grid, the uh, internet or fuel availability for diesel transport, now you're looking at very serious situation because we're so reliant on grocery stores, just-in-time delivery, uh, internet, and electricity. If, if any of that's interrupted, now we're dealing with a much different situation 
than the late 20s, early 30s in United States history. So I, I see troubled time. I'm not ready. I've been trying to get ready since I got real serious in 2007, August of 2007, when I saw the, the financial crisis, which you documented very well with the Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, that time period. Um, yeah. I think Hank Paulson came in and they needed just under a trillion dollars within hours to stop the the cascade. So in, in that time period, I thought, okay, this, this is, uh, this is when I should no longer start to procrastinate. And I've been going the expression balls to the wall, which is a flight expression means you have the, the throttle full throttle on your aircraft. I've been going full throttle since 2007 and I'm not ready. <laughs> not to the extent that, I, that I'd like to be. So I'm very nervous. I'm very concerned. But I don't want the listening audience think that I'm absolutely confident and have all my uh, ducks in a row because I don't. I'm struggling just like uh, everyone else. I, I did manage to get out of debt. I extremely simplified my life. I, I started to develop skills. I refined the technologies because I knew um, air technologies. I knew there were going to be more contaminants, airborne problems, uh, whether you want to call them pathogens or contaminants. I knew that that was going to be a concern and water. Water is going to be the biggest item ever on planet Earth, access to good potable water or at least productive water. So I thought, well, with my science background, let me focus on those two things. And I put everything in it. I sold everything I had. I mentioned that before in other shows. All my assets, everything that I was attached to, I, I was attached to plastic and leather for a large portion of my life. And it was painful to, to uh, sell all that and then turn that into funding. But I am where I am now because of that life-changing viewpoint and getting rid of the car collection. And I had real estate, St. Louis and, and so forth, and invested it because I put all my chips that um, water is going to be extremely important. And I, I think we're going to see... Even in the United States, we're going to see a lot of friction over water. <clears throat> when you say water is important, what, what do you mean exactly? I mean, we all know the importance of water, hydration and all that. But what specifically is on your radar screen as a research scientist that you're seeing this stuff? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, so what's happened when, when I learned that water, unfortunately, we've all been dumbed down by water, H2O. And we were taught that in school, junior high, high school chemistry, but the hydrogen and water, it's molecular structure in the images when you on Wikipedia. But the information kind of stopped there. And uh, when I went on to find out that there's a lot more to water, water is the secret not only to our existence in this dimension, but it's the vehicle that transports energy and data from counter space into our reality. There's no other, no other modem but water. It's the water molecule that connects us to counter space. It transports energy and data. And it works in conjunction with the data from the sun, the electromagnetic spectrum coming out of sun, or any star for that matter, but the one that we're concerned about is our particular sun. Sure. It's it's the, the electromagnetic energy coming from the sun, portions of that 
spectrum, it programs water. When I started to understand that, that water was that medium, I'm like, oh boy, I need to really buckle down and find out just really what is water and how does it work. And then when I find out that um, there's natural sites where water is uh, energized, it's also programmed. And then that gets into the ecosystem through rivers, streams, uh, underground aquifers, under, underground rivers. Yeah. And that's the lifeblood of the, the planet. And then I realized that a lot of those sites are being gobbled up. We've talked about that before and more and more becoming off limits because they're becoming government property or UN sanctioned property and for preservation and environmental reasons, it's barred from humans having access to it. Then all these uh, red flares went up and then i realized that that if you only have access to bulk water which is not a hundred percent but it's 90 95 percent de-energized and it uh doesn't have proper programming it, it has scattered data to it if that's all that the plants and animals and humans have access to then you're looking at a, a decline biologically through cell nutrition and then uh, DNA and consciousness. So I thought, yeah, here's what we're doing is we're getting to a point where humanity will no longer have access to natural energized programmed waterways. And over time, mankind and plants are going to be devoid of this natural energized water. And that's, that's going to relate to, shorten lifespans and also a disconnect spiritually. So I, I wonder if certain scientific communities or the the financing behind that, if, if they they're probably aware of this before I was, and I this might have been if we get into the conspiracy realm, which I tend to on outer limits, uh, these these what if scenarios, speculation. There's no I wish I had the data for all this but it's hidden. It's, it takes a long time to find this. I wouldn't be surprised if they knew the importance of water and it's taken decades for them to find, secure these natural waterways and then coordinate yeah, of them course. Just like anything else. I mean, this, there's a reason why the ancients built um, a lot of these, uh, you know, in, in fact, in Hobo Serbans is uh, saying this in the chat. Yeah, it's correct. Most megalithic stru uh, uh, structures were always built over natural springs. Even the, the pyramids of Giza, underneath it, there's water they found flowing in deep aquifers right underneath the Great Pyramids of Giza. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A very wide road. I've and then on top of that, and on top of that, Jet, real quick, um, every single one of these ancient monuments that are always built on some sort of a, a, a clean or clear water source uh, is also uh, laid perfectly with the electromagnetic ley lines that are on this planet. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see that the megalithic structure, which have a very high crystalline content to it, either limestone or whatnot, is always built near some sort of an aquifer or a clear spring, and then it it's, it's also happens to be on a magnetic ley line that's on this Earth. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I think it's a very vital secret that's being hidden from us. Oh, it, it is big time. And I, I found that the, these um, these large sites in ancient history where a lot of agencies like the Smithsonian and th they'll come in and 
they'll they'll lock down on uh, discovery and archaeological dig and for national security reasons and and a lot, a lot of it's not available to the public and museums and other formats it's it's locked up the discovery the research continues but behind doors and so our, our history has been hidden from us but you have some of these large citadels uh, all throughout the continents uh, of the modern day world and then some are, are now underground they're in shallow seas or on the ocean floor but at one point in time they used to be above uh, ocean level all these sites absolutely were were centered around waterways because water I mentioned this before, but for the listening audience, don't forget water is a liquid crystal. And uh, crystals contain data and energy. Well, water is just a liquid form. In fact, it's the most efficient. You would want a liquid crystal in order to communicate or transfer energy and data real time. Liquid crystal will function better than a hard, rigid crystal. When you have mineralizations and you have a crystal ball, or a crystal skull, or a, a high-polished crystal, and maybe it's four or five feet tall, and it's beautiful to to look upon as an art piece. You can buy some of them, and they're, they're twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars easily if you could afford uh, such a, a beautiful piece of geology. But a liquid crystal is absolutely what you would want to transfer energy and data in, in real time. So that's what water is. These ancient sites. Well, I mean, water is the best transducer of many types of waveform uh, energy, like sound, for instance, travels incredibly well in water. Oh, absolutely. It does. Yes. And uh, the way water is configured, it can receive and, and, and transmit just like, um, uh, DNA and uh, DNA has a, a curve or a spin to it, and so does water. Water is bipolar, so it has the positive and negative. Because in order for communication, in order for there to be energy transfer or data transfer, you have to have spin. And the only way to have spin or rotation, uh, which is important with the Raleigh uh, curve, for example, you have to have a positive and negative. For there to be rotation dna has that and so does water so that's why they're uh, in, interlinked what's interesting is i found years ago they <laughs> what they'll do is if there's a major discovery of ancient civilizations they'll either make it a park or they'll have some type of monument or you know the, the rumors about the the hoover dam they'll, they'll build a dam facility over it or it becomes a military base so that you, you cannot access these older areas. Some have been made into landfills or some have been turned into swampland deliberately by Army Corps of Engineers. Now, they didn't know, but at the top, they were told to create these so that you can't do any future discovery or digging because the conditions are too difficult. But one of the major centers in North America that actually rivaled the Egyptian mm -hmm. in, in the Middle East. Right. And, and uh, 
there's there's a, a lot to it. I'm kind of you can't see me right now, but I'm kind of smiling uh, here in front of my computer. Is uh, one of the most important regions of North America by far is what in, in modern day today is called St. Louis in Cahokia, Illinois. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, that that region of today, if you look on the map, was every bit as large of a mega center, a, a citadel as Egypt. Mm. <laughs> there's a, there's a huge connection. Uh, growing up there, we found a lot of, as kids, we found some hidden things and uh, certain areas had been converted into landfills. But if you think about it, it's, it's due to the ley lines, but also the waterways you have, it's very crucial. You have the Missouri and Mississippi that meet there. It's, it's not by accident. So that's a huge, uh, energy center with uh, water vortices that take place in that region. And it's it's not a mistake. It, there's a lot of symbology and you could spend a lifetime. I'm not an expert on it, but a lot of symbology like um, uh, Washington, D.C., on like how the city was laid out. And if, if you have a aerial photograph, you know, the, the degrees and all the... Um, statutes like Washington Monument and, and where they're located, uh, the way the city was mapped out. And then yeah. uh, the, but uh, the St. Louis, for example, there's a reason why, if you think of landmarks, what's St. Louis known for? What, what should arch. pop in? Yeah, the arch. Well, the, the, the arch, the, the gateway to the West, the configuration, the design of the, the arch uh, beautiful structure if you haven't seen it stainless steel and how it was built a fascinating story but that's not by accident by any means if, if you really know what the arch is where it's located and why that monument was put there you'll 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 discover a whole new world and it'll give you an insight of what's really going on now that could be absolutely another rabbit hole to go down but a lot of rabbit holes have truth uh, I don't think rabbit holes necessarily um, are fake or deceptive. There's a lot of truth in these rabbit holes. My only caution would be there's so many rabbit holes, you can spend your entire life uh, only researching a portion of the rabbit holes, and then you might end up finding that you're in your late 70s or 80s and you miss the whole purpose of life because you were distracted going down these rabbit holes. Sure. So I always caution people, if you go down a rabbit hole, try not to spend too much time or have it overwhelm your life. And then you might not be able to get out of a particular rabbit hole. But yeah. uh, there, there's definitely, I'll, I'll just give you, I'll leave it at that. There's, there's some hints with the, the arch was not there by accident. What the monument represents and where it was located is also not by accident. That, that's a very important area of North America, especially in ancient times. <laughs> But it's also it's all water related, uh, energy and human consciousness. The the uh, what's interesting is that the archives of the the ancient texts talk about the Tower of Babel. That's very similar. That construction project is very similar to uh, Harp. Remember Harp, the high frequency sure. active, uh, and the Tesla Tower. Remember. Yes. Tesla work. Well, that's what the Tower of Babel was. 
Mm, yes, it was a giant Tesla tower. Yeah, it was a Tesla Tesla tower, and it had uh, Harp technology, and it had uh, energy. It was a mm -hmm. Tesla tower, and then w what that was going to do is that was going to be the home base, and there was going to be a global web of cities. Towers. Yeah, that that would be that we're all going to be connected with the Tower of Babel. So yeah. it was going to be a broadcast center. Uh, an electrical generator and a harp technology that hundreds of cities would be connected northern southern hemisphere and that would be home base and when that project was under construction that got the attention of counterspace and then uh, as the storyline indicates that construction project was thwarted well we're getting sure. right back we're all these years later thousands of years later we're getting right back to very similar technologies on a global mm -hmm. scale. So I think the same counter space. You know what? Well, you know, you know the thought that came to my mind. What's that? You, you met. You you talked about a couple of things. You mentioned. You talk, you mentioned water. Let me talk briefly on these ancient structures. Then you just mentioned the Tower of Babel, its connection with the Tesla towers and Harp. And now we're talking about <clears throat> how a lot of this technology is coming back. And you and I, you and I both understand very, very clearly that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. You know what? What is old is new again, so to speak, right? Yes. I was thinking to myself, Jet, with all the people that have been jibby jabbed, okay, and we know that there are these structures. A lot of these are graphene oxide-based structures that are self-forming, self-ordering itself into various different types of antennae, micro circuitries and things of that sort that are being verified in uh, you know utilizing uh, high powered uh, microscopes. We're seeing this very clearly. In fact, uh, the findings are from France, New Zealand, Germany, Spain, even uh, South Korea, uh, Australia, and using dark field microscopes, we're seeing it very clearly these structures are being formed in people. Is it possible, because of what is happening, that these jibby-jab things are not only interfering with the normal flow of water, okay, but whatever minuscule amounts of energy that is left in bulk water is being nullified, number two. And number three, because of the, the new types of data and telecommunication uh, towers that are being built all over the world, all over, especially in the United States and all over the place, right, you combine that with all the jibby-jab people that are carrying this microcircuitry within them, it looks like, Jed, and correct me if I'm wrong, that we are possibly looking at a Tower of Babel. But this time, it's not a physical tower. This time, it is a biological network that is global. What do you think about that? Yes. Yeah, that's... That's exactly what's going on. So it's it's now in the nano realm, and they're changing the human physiology, right? To where uh, humanity is becoming the mesh network. Yeah, it's it's a the the right the humans are becoming the mesh mesh network, and then they're going to utilize the trillions of volts that exist, uh, uh, just under one volt per cell to energize the microscopic nanotechnology 
So human society will work, each individual will work as uh, antennae and then biological energy with the, um, the, I think there was, was it last week? Let me see my notes here. I don't know if you can hear my paper rustling or not. Based on, um, what was it called? There are too many notes here. We're joined by an Al Cuco has somehow oh. meandered his way. Oh, yeah, here, here it was. Yeah, I was listening coming back from the chiropractor, and I was very excited about the conversation. And um, and uh, I, did, I don't want to break your flow, Jet, so please continue. Oh, okay. They have uh, – it might have been two weeks ago. I got my note – you ought to see my legal notepads of all these shows. I mean, it is <laughs> – I could turn this into a Ph.D. course. I might do that someday. You should. Remember I talked about uh, v, V2X. Yes. V2X technology is... Now, re re remind the audience what V2X is. Okay, that's that's in conjunction with um, Sidelink. And, and Sidelink is part of the 5 and 6G system. And I think what happens is 5G is really a carrier wave for 6G. And then uh, one of the shows coming up, if it's not next week, it'll be week after that. I've only hinted around because I, I I really don't want to. My intent is not to scare the bejeebies out of listening audience. I tend it tends to do that. I think the information, you know, and I apologize for that. I don't I don't want to do that. But to be honest, I'm scared as as well. And I've only hinted around seven G. Six um, G is already up and running. It's layered in with the five G. So six G is not something coming down the road. It's already in operation because five G is simply the carrier. Seven G is what I'm worried about because it's black light. It's it's a, a type of um, soft uh, ultraviolet, and I'm afraid the seven G system will send signaling, which in real time will cause your instruct your proteins how to fold in real time so they'll <laughs> this this is bizarre but they could change the configuration of a human being uh, within days or weeks by commanding your proteins to fold in real time with the nanotechnology of these injections this is really way out there this is absolutely what's going to happen but it's not like next year or in three years from now but it's definitely within 20 years this is going to be rolled out. I don't know if I'm still going to be here by then. Maybe not. But I'm worried about my kids because they're in their 20s. They're certainly going to be around. And I do not like uh, the platform that's being developed for 7G. But the side, here's, here's why. Sidelink is a device-device communication. V2X would be like vehicle to everything where you have wearables and it's linked to autonomous vehicles and um, drones but when you have side link device device uh, be what you're saying that's true humans are going to be side link each human will be device device and the humans they'll be able to use humans as a broadcast station to emit electromagnetic which will affect the human next to them 
and then the human next to them. So you, you can affect an entire classroom, an entire office building, an entire township because of side link device device technology. And the, the technology is actually being introduced into the human genome. And then they're hum, using the human energy, the just under one volt per cell, trillions of volts to energize this side link. So they're turning humans into a Borg or a hive community. And then they'll be able to send signaling, especially when you get into 7G, where the, they will be able to command protein folding. And then that will be broadcasted and then it'll be used human to human. This, this, is, this is the worst case scenario than any Hollywood movie. When, when or if there's a Hollywood movie where it's a, a zombie-like or a human, I don't know the name of these movies, that, and, and I don't watch them. I've seen clips. I'm terrible about that, this. I wish I, I was had more notes on that. But um, there was a movie with uh, Will Will Smith, and he was like in New York City. He was a scientist, and he was like by himself, and he had a dog that was his best friend, a German Shepherd or something. I am something, isn't it? I am legend. I don't know. Yes, I am legend with Will Smith. Oh, okay, yeah. So based uh, on the book. Yeah, and then I think he, he was careful to not have his scent and backtrack, and he only messed up once, but that's all it took. But remember towards the end when they were coming towards towards him and in, in his lab or whatever he had remember how they weren't human really looking that yeah. the way they they had incredible speed, but they were kind of running on all fours. That that's not even close to. It gives you vis, visualization, and it was a, a good sci-fi movie. Kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. But that's the technology is absolutely there. So I we we'd have to. The reason why I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I, I do think that there is a a god or a divine, and there's been uh, intervention at a non-human level. Because attempts like this in human history in the past have been attempted and they've been thwarted. We're right back now to where they have these technologies to pull this off. They definitely pull it off, but I don't think that they'll be, be able to overcome the conscious mind and power that's not in our realm that will prevent it from being uh, successful. So I, so I don't think that the powers to be are going to pull this off like these Hollywood movies where it's that dire. But I do think it's important for us now to make a stand. Are we organic and want to stay attached analog to nature and, and have um, spiritual growth and awareness, or are we giving in to this technocracy and this transhumanism by getting injected and having our face always buried in a smartphone and on TikTok and social media, and and are we already three fifths compromised? I think a lot. Are, not everyone. I don't. Maybe a lot of this listening audience isn't. Well, then we can hang together as a group. We're going to need to support one another. CJ and you had mentioned these yeah. communities that are developing, where trades and services. We're almost going to have to go not illegal like a black market or underground, but we will have to start bartering and have flea markets and we'll have to have some type of currency other than the central bank digital currency because we're going to be shut out of that unless we're injected and we have this nanotechnology in us. So how are we sure. going to function 
<clears throat> uh, pun intended, these rogue communities. But it's nonviolent rogue communities. It's people that just want to be natural and left alone. How are we going to, well, we'll find, we'll figure out a way how to have a, a currency and a bartering system sure. and, and a, a rule of thumb. Like, what are the rules and guidelines to, to be in a community? You know, the community is not going to allow someone who's a rapist or untrustworthy. So we're going to be self-governed, self-policed. Uh, but I think now's the time to hit your wagon, either develop a community or find one and start developing right. those relationships. That's what yeah. we're doing. The three of us are doing that, right? And sure. the conversations on Discord. Uh, I think CJ made a comp. Someone made a comment that he's he got caught up on all the people that wanted links, uh, invites to Discord. But Discord and the Rogue News absolutely can be a platform where you find like-minded people. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm glad to be a part of that community. And I'm trying to help as far as being the scientist in the or one of the scientists in the group, where I sh with this show I'm sharing information. But I'm certainly not a leader. I, I don't know how to lead people, and I don't want to, per se. I'm, I try to help and um, to, to the best of my ability. But these are absolutely crucial times, and they're ratcheting it up. 2023 is going to be horrific with inflation and food availability, and then people starting to go berserk when they don't have enough food to eat. And, and then 2020, sure. they, they want to do that. They want to create as much pain as possible to break everyone emotionally, spiritually, but also force them into this metaverse type social score. So the tough people are going to be the ones that uh, resist this. They're going to be. Yeah. They're going to be Jeff, we're, we're at the we're at the we're at the end oh. of the show. Uh, what we'll do, we'll have to pick this up uh, on the other side of next week, uh, next Monday. Folks, thank you all for listening in. We have Harley Schlanger next, so keep it locked and loaded right here. With that being said, CJ, take it away.